Welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Ben. Just to kick off then, just talk us through, does global really mean global from a a PR campaign perspective or is it more likely to mean multi-territory? That's a really good question. Uh, We define global as a campaign that goes across more than four markets, uh, but that's just our definition. I think different networks define it in different ways and obviously different clients define it in different ways. Um, So yeah, it it, it generally means multi-territory. There's no such thing really as a totally global campaign, i.e. that goes around the whole world all at one time. Okay. Uh, And and my perception would be that the vast majority Mm. of global accounts still come from the US or is that that too simplistic these days? Um, Well, from our point of view, that's that's too simplistic. I mean, our, our biggest um, global client is Kochi and yes that's um, ultimately American although it's funny if we work with them uh, mainly out of Paris but the global business we do here is, um, is is all over the place I mean we do Landtech in the UK we've got Pernod Ricard which is a French company Adidas is German Pandora right. is Danish so yeah, it, it, not necessarily I mean clearly yes big bucks come from the States but that's not necessarily uh, true for all global business okay uh, and just to drill down into the detail of it, the decision-making process for designing a, the long list for global campaigns, what do you, sort of things do you need to do to, 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 to get onto those long lists? Well, I think for um, any particularly procurement um, size of, uh, of companies, and obviously we talk about procurement now and, and RFPs, um, I mean, they'll look at lead tables often the first point of starting, but then also recommendations, who they've worked with before, you know, are there gaps in, in, in territories around the world they can fill with other networks. So there's lots of ways of um, kind of getting on the list. But I think for us, because we're so much specialist in luxury and lifestyle, then there are other ways that we get on the list because of the types of brands you work on. So um, it's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. But I mean, you, you know, you have to be a reasonably big network to get on a big pitch list, you know, because you have to have cap- proper capability on the ground in many territories rather than just sort of you know, one person sitting at a desk somewhere. Sure. And who do you do? Who do you make that sort of proposition to? Is it commerce directors? Is it procurement? Or, or is it all of the above? All of the above. I mean, honestly, we've had um, some come straight from procurement, and then that can be quite a initially quite kind of arm's length. You know, you you don't necessarily get to build that relationship, which usually um, you know precludes a win. You know, the better relationship you have with uh, a client. Yeah, the, the more likely you are to win the business. And sometimes procurement can slightly get in the way of that to begin with, but that doesn't necessarily mean you then don't go on to win. Um, it hasn't been a barrier for us so far, but of course it does mean lots of different layers of, of work. But, you know, you, you go through that because there's a bigger prize. Okay. Now, being honest, if I was purchasing a global PR campaign, which I suspect is something I will never do, um, <laughs> I, I would start with the international global PR networks yeah. um, as, yeah. my, uh, as my, my sensible starting place. But you set, mm-hmm. have set up CERMO, which is, and correct me if I'm wrong, an international hub of independent PR firms yeah. with the specific mm-hmm. aim of competing for international briefs. Uh, I suppose a simplistic question and, and is has this strategy worked? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, right. Has been tried. It's worked because um, we're specialists in luxury and lifestyle, and um, the what you, what you need to work in those um, sectors is really deep connections and understanding of the influences in, in, in those areas. So, you know, fashion, beauty, you, you, you need to be very highly connected with the 
the tastemakers, if you like. Um, right. And that is specialist. And uh, the bid networks are, look, they're brilliant. So, you know, finance, tech, healthcare, et cetera, but not many of them, some, but not many of them um, work in that luxury lifestyle space. They might say they can, and of course, you know, in terms of capabilities, of course they can, but they don't necessarily have that sort of, um, you know, boutique, hands-on, senior level connections to, you know, the, the luxury and lifestyle sectors and, and have that sensibility to work and attention to detail, quite frankly, to work on, you know, the likes of, you know, Dr. Gabbana fragrance or, you know, Tiffany or Lexus. Or, you know, the, the, those sort of brands do really require a, a slightly different approach. So we're specialists, which is why we get on um, pitch list, those kind of brands. But also, for um, I suppose, you know, bigger global brands that want that sensibility as well. So, you know, not all brands just want, um, you know, the sort of one size fits all approach. They, you know, they use different agencies and networks for different things. So that's, that's why they come to us. Okay. So when you're expanding the Sermo hub, you're looking mm-hmm. for um, boutique specialists, equivalent of talk PR within the beauty sector. Um, in the main is that right so you yeah. can yeah okay. beauty um fashion lifestyle you know luxury cars luxury travel um right. you know some lifestyle technology um yeah we're, we're basically looking to make friends and build a really strong relationship with people who work in a similar way to, to we do i mean it's a, effectively an exclusive club okay um and you know we, we like our members so what you the reason it's somo has probably worked from your perspective is that you're, you've launched it within a niche, uh, and you've got, and you think you've got a competitive advantage within that niche. Yeah, I'd say okay. so, and right. it seems to be working so far. You know, we're growing year and year, but we only had about one or two partners a year because, right. you know, I need to really know them well. We need to trust each other. We need to work in similar ways. You know, that takes time to build up. You know, you can't just sort of, um, you know, grow overnight. So it's taken seven years to get to. Um, 16 partners now um, right. and that feels good okay uh, and just um, tacking back towards the procurement side of things as, as a final question um, procurement for a domestic brief is laborious enough um, <laughs> the mind boggles how it can work internationally is, is it as painful as I suspect it might be um, not necessarily because there's usually one lead market and for us quite often within so much is the UK because a lot of global business is done out of the UK um, and so we then will work with partners either at the sort of intelligence gathering stage and, and then quite often through to, you know, strategy and ideas creation, and it'll all come back through us. So, um, I mean, we do that all the time, either for clients or for new business anyway. So it's not that laborious, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you've got a brief that's across three or four territories, that's manageable. If, it, if it's suddenly across 10, then it, it does become more laborious. But, you know, you, you deal with that. And You've got to do it. Again, it comes back to us. Yeah, look, it comes back to the size of the prize and, and you know, you, you invest accordingly. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Tanya Hughes, President of Sermo Communications and Talk PR. Thanks so much. Pleasure.